want to, before I start, I want to ask this question of all of you, of myself. <clears throat> you don't even have to answer, but just begin to think about this as I have. <clears throat> what, would, what would your life look like if you had complete and total trust in God in every circumstance and in every situation? What would you feel like if you had unshakable faith, total, complete? What would you think about if you, if you knew that you had complete and total, everything of your life was just taken care of? Well, that... <laughs> that is what we want to talk a little bit about today that kind of faith. Where does it come from? How do we get there? And, and what does it even mean? Well, we know faith comes from the Word of God, reading and ingesting the Word of God. We know that it comes from spending time in His presence, spending time with Jesus, which is the Word of God. Praise and worship. All of this is knowing, getting to know your Father more and more, getting to know Jesus. And that is the key. It, Jesus made a covenant, the new covenant, when he went to the cross. But there was covenants even way back that he made to Abraham and all his offspring, which include all of us. Now, covenant was more than just saying so. And Jesus made, he made a, would you call a, a double strong promise in those covenants. It was by his oath and by his promise. And he wanted to be so clear to Abraham, to all of us, that I am good for everything that I promise, everything in the word of God that I have promised. It's an absolute, it's a surety, it's a definite, it's, it's, it's sealed. It was all done before the cross. It was all prepared and ready for us. And how do we get it? We seize it through faith. We believe it. We talk about it. We speak it. When life comes at us 100 miles an hour constantly every day, every day, every situation, ups and downs, we, if we are filled with the Word of God, then we are in that stable place of believing, that stable place of being in the presence of God. He will be our number one go-to as soon as things start falling apart, as soon as we have an issue or a situation. And, the, and in the, I want to take you to uh, Hebrews 6, starting with, let's start with verse 11. We're going to talk about covenant. We're going to talk about what covenant is. It, when God made a covenant, or Jesus made a covenant, it, a covenant is, it, it bears on the person who made it. So Jesus made that covenant, that double promise, so to speak, to each of us. And that is why we know our God who never changes, our God who never lies, who we don't ever have to doubt, that's how we know that he will fulfill promises. He will fulfill every single word in this Bible. And he will fulfill the promises he has given to you personally. Now, a lot of times we know that, you know, um, when promises are given to us, 
they are not all the time answered or taken care of right away. Sometimes we wait years. Sometimes we wait many, many, many years, decades sometimes. Sometimes it's even after we leave. What I mean by that, the scripture that says that when you pray and believe for your household and that they will be saved, that's a promise. And if you stand on that and you believe that, guess what? It is going to happen because God fulfills his word. That's all you really have to know. It may or may not happen in your lifetime, but rest assured, it's going to happen in that person's lifetime because God is true to his word. There is never anything that he says that is not yea or amen. Now, sometimes things happen in our life and it seems like this is totally contrary to what we understood that it meant in, in the Bible. And sometimes we have, to, we have to grapple with that. We have to um, go to God, go to the word of God and come to a place of understanding and peace. And I, know, I imagine all of you have been at that place one time or another. I know that I have praying, believing, expecting, and then never seeing it occur. And even death occurs and you still don't see it. And it's like, how, how can I believe this, this, what I'm reading, if I don't see it? Well, there's, there's a, a caveat there that because of the covenant, we know that everything he says, everything I read is accurate and is exactly the way it's supposed to be. There's, there's an understanding that I don't have. There's a perspective I don't have, you know, maybe at that time. Let me read, we start with, um, sorry, verse 11. But we do wrongly and earnestly desire, strongly, sorry. <clears throat> but we do strongly and earnestly desire for each of you to show the same diligence and sincerity all the way through in realizing and enjoying the full assurance and development of your hope until the end. Well, I, God wants us all the way through our life to keep a holding onto that hope. That means we're not going to let despair come in when it tries to. Excuse me. We're going to let discouragement come when it tries to. I'm sorry, I'm having a <clears throat> hard time speaking. <clears throat> but he, we need to hold on to that hope. Now, hope, the hope in the Bible is not the same hope that we say, oh, well, I hope we get to, you know, have a vacation this year. Or I hope I'm going to have enough money to, you know, uh, take care of whatever it is that you are needing to take care of financially. It's not that kind of a hope. The hope, the Bible hope that it's talking about is a confidence a belief, an expectation, an anticipation based on Jesus, based on the word of God. So he says to hold on to this hope, hold on to this confidence in the Lord all the way through your life, all the way till you reach heaven's shores. And then you'll see everything as it really is. Going on to verse 12, in order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggards, but imitators behaving as do those who through faith, by their leaning of the entire personality and on God and Christ, in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness, and by practice, 
of patient endurance and waiting are now inheriting the promises. Now I know I'm reading from the Amplified and that is a mouthful even to read. So let me break it down a little bit. It says that we need to keep our hope. We need to keep fed. We need to keep the fire burning, so to speak, so that we don't let the cares of life take over. Just like the parable of the sower, how some of that seed was lost because they, they, it was grown over and, and trampled on and we have to keep tending like almost like we're a garden a garden of Jesus and our life is his garden we have to keep it attended to like in any relationship really when you think about it any relationship whether sibling relationship familial relationship romantic relationship whatever it is you must keep it uh, keep it tended in order for it to be sustained and that is, or it will be overgrown. It will be overgrown. So this is what Paul is saying here. He's saying that keep that hope. Keep it fresh. Keep yourself fed. Keep yourself vital and alive with the word of God. Or you'll become disinterested. Oh, yeah, you've heard people say, I, I used to go to church. Or, or I used to believe. And, yeah, I really did that for a long time. But they fell away. Maybe they had something in their life happen that they could not reconcile with the word of God. So that's why it is key for us to know who Jesus is. And what does he mean by this covenant? This covenant means that he is giving us, think about all that he's giving us. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us salvation, first and foremost, eternity. He gave us an entrance face to face with God even now while we are on this earth. He gave us all the fruits of the Spirit. He gives us provision. He gives us protection. He gives us wisdom. He prays for us. He's our advocate. You know, and he, he meets your personal needs. He says he'll promise to take care of you. His, all of that is in the covenant. If we truly ingest all that, we truly are filling our minds with that, we won't even be able to, to walk without skipping was when you really get a hold of all that God has and provided for at the cross, living life, you know, it's just, it's okay. Even though it's rough and it's tough and it's sad and it can be very hard, but you know what? When you have Jesus, you have that higher perspective and you see from his perspective, but that can't happen unless we focus ourselves there. Otherwise, we are getting distracted by life, by the cares, by the, the bills, by the stress, by the anxieties, by the things you have to take care of, raising kids. You are getting so distracted, and all that is part of life. I'm not trying to say no, that it isn't, but we have to have that in its proper place, and we can't let that be front and foremost. Otherwise, we're going to be filled with worry anxiety, and it's going to be really hard to trust God. It's going to be really hard to believe that God is going to come through. But we know that he will. When I read this, and I've read it so many times, but you know the Bible, the word is eternal. So every time you go through it, the Holy Spirit reveals something new or something new in you that you didn't know. And so when I read it, I was like, oh, what am I worried about in this particular thing I've been, you know, seeking God on? What, what, am I, what am I wondering this for? Well, will God really do it? Who does that sound like? Did I really understand him right? Who does that sound like? You know, the devil did that to, to Eve in the garden. But 
God says right here, when he gave his covenant, when he gave his promise, he gave his oath. He didn't do that for himself. He did that so that we can know that his promises to our lives personally, individually, are yea and amen, whatever it is that he has promised. And it's a guarantee. It's so much of a guarantee, it talks about later, which we'll go on into. We can put and put our weight out on that hope. On it, like one of those draw, uh, one of those bridges you see, like in the Amazon, that's strung across the valley or the ravine, and it kind of is, you know, wobbly, and you might not be real glad about going across it. <laughs> well, that's kind of where our faith needs to be. No matter how shaky our life might feel, no matter how up and down and out of place it might be temporarily, we need to be sustain and held to the faith, the trust, knowing God's character. When we know somebody's character, when we know someone's character, we can count on them. We don't necessarily take people at their word unless we know them and we see there's a history, a history of integrity, a history of them uh, fulfilling their word, a history of being honest. But we can take God at his word because we know he's true. And we also know by other people's testimony the things that he has done. We know because we read in the word, but one of the strongest things is your testimony, what he has done for you, because nobody can take that away. Nobody could convince you otherwise. You saw, you experienced what God did for you. And so then you're building a history with God. So you know the next time you come to a battle or a difficulty, it's all right. God's got this covered, you know, and, and you might be tempted to worry and other people talking to you and, you know, being concerned and living in that place of flesh, you know, not that spirit, that higher spiritual place that God calls us to. We have to take authority over that flesh, say, no, I'm not going to let, talking to yourself, I am not going to let you think negative. I'm not going to allow Satan to have his way even in my mind. If we give him the playground, of our, if we give him place, he makes our mind his playground. And, and we are completely ineffective at that point because he, call, he produces fear and doubt. And we're then not considering who our Savior is, what he promised. Now, I, I know we know that for salvation and eternity, but I am talking about the walk of faith in our walk of life on earth. This is the place where he wants us to be. He wants us to have joy. Um, he wants us to lean on him. And when we have confidence in him, in his power, in his goodness, then we know he loves me. All those songs we sing about love, loving God, God loving us. When you love somebody, even if it's your pet, right? When you love somebody, you take care of them. You're mindful of them. You're concerned about their every need. And so that is, the, that is who our Father is, your Father is, your Jesus. He's your Jesus to you. He's your God to you, your Holy Spirit. Each of us have that personal um, exchange and 
uh, entrance that we can talk with him and he's right involved in our life. Jesus even said, I will give you peace, but I'll leave my peace. So that means that we have Jesus's peace within us. Now, Jesus was never disturbed. He was never doubtful. He was never riled. And we get to have that. That's a pretty valuable gift. And we get to have it here on this earth in our everyday life. But we have to give place to it. We have to give our minds to focus on it. Otherwise, it's an unopened gift. It's an unseized gift, an unseized um, um, help or a tool that we can have in our life because God doesn't want us to be filled and burdened. He says to cast his care, our care. He says he'll take our burdens. See, you know, when we read things like that, a lot of times maybe we think, oh, that's good, that's encouragement, I shouldn't do that. But wait a minute, God said it, that means it's a command. And what is it we are supposed to do but be obedient? When he says fret not, that means don't fret. It's not once in a while you can, in certain, certain situations you can. It says don't do it. So it's not his will for us to fret, to be worried. And people say, oh, but that's just human. And what, you know, what can you expect? Well, you know what, that's true. That's very true. It's human and it's fleshly. We all have those moments. We all have those times. And we're all in a different place in our walk of faith in God. So, but the point is that when we do feel those things and we find our minds are going, you know, down a loopy loop, then we call it back. We get into the word of God. We bring every thought captive. Verse 13, for when God made his promise to Abraham, he swore by himself, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, saying, blessing, I certainly will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. Those are promises. Those are definites in your life. Are you blessed? Do you know you're blessed? He multiplies in your life. What is he multiplying? Multiplying peace, multiplying joy, multiplying provision, multiplying. You're increasing in your knowledge of God. It's a promise, but we have to be actively engaged in it. The covenant means I did this on the cross for you and I promise you that it is available to you and it's yours and it's up to you to receive it. It's up to you to seize it, to take it, to put it into your life and into your heart. You could carry around that unopened birthday gift, a Christmas gift. It could sit in your, on your dresser if you want it to for 30 years and you never open it. Well, it's the same thing with the Word of God. All of these provisions, are, it's just remarkable when you start rehearsing all that God has done and given and wants you to have in Him. And then you realize, whoa, I've been living way below all that. And he wants us to live like he, as an eagle. Think of an eagle versus a chicken. You don't want to be a chicken. <laughs> you want to be that eagle flying above, flying and being seated at the right hand of God. Verse 15, and 
And so it was that Abraham, having waited long and endured patiently, realized and obtained in the birth of Isaac as a pledge to come, of what was to come, what God had promised him. Notice if you go back in the Old Testament, it talks about Abraham. He never doubted. His wife did. He never doubted. He never doubted. He just believed. I've always been amazed at that. He just believed. Here he is, this elderly man. Couldn't have any more children. His wife sure couldn't have any more children or have any children. She hadn't had any children. Um, and he, God, Jesus said something to him. Actually, he visited him, and he believed. He absolutely believed, and he never faltered. Never. In all those years, he's getting older and older, year after year. And he never stopped believing, confidently believing. And it says that he was patient. Patience is one of the fruits of the Spirit. We need patience to help us endure. We can't do it in ourselves. And he waited a long time. How many of you have waited a long time and you see no evidence of it? How can I believe that God is still on God's agenda? You can believe that because he has said it over and over again in the Bible and he has said it because he made covenant. He made covenant with you. And that's how you know that it is an absolute, even though you see no evidence of it, even though you, it has not happened yet, because your God will never lie. And when we get to that place, we get into rest within ourselves, or into actually, we have peace, but it's his peace. We rest because we're resting in Jesus and in the confidence of who he is and what he has said. And it says later on in Hebrews that we have to, we have to enter into that rest, but it, we labor to do it. Why? Why is that a labor? Because you can't just simply do mind over matter. You, you have to have the Holy Spirit to help you. you have, you're fighting, as long as we're walking on this earth, we're fighting against the flesh. We're fighting against the thoughts and the arrows of Satan. But you know what? We can live at a place where it does not harm us. It does not come near us. It's up to you. It's really up to the individual how, how much they want to believe, how much they want of God, of Jesus, how much they are willing to give up of their own ideas, their own thoughts. And you know what? When Jesus is working with you, Holy Spirit is working with you, he's always uncovering another area, another layer another um, situation where you even surprise yourself. Wow, I didn't, was really surprised I had that reaction. And Jesus is, uh, the Holy Spirit is uncovering that to show you. But you know what? He does it with such love, such tenderness. You just melt in, in his arms. You just melt. It's, so, it's humbling, but it's also humbling from his love because you feel how much he loves you and talks to you so carefully, so tenderly. Now, if we rebel and we go the other way, then sometimes, you know what? He has to speak louder and louder and louder. You know, he's only going to speak as loud as it takes for you to listen. Well, I pray 
that I hear the whisper. Even less than that, when my, our dad, when he would discipline us or, or we did something that he didn't approve of in public, all he had to do was give us that eye. Give us the eye. <laughs> and we knew. So even I want to just see that or just, just that little uh, inside your spirit, Holy Spirit, you've disturbed the spirit, the spirit of God. You know, just that little thing, you want to be so sensitive to him. And you cannot be that sensitive if you're f constantly filled with all the noise of your own mind, of the world around you, of all your anxieties. That comes when you quiet yourself before the Lord. And it comes as you grow in relationship with him. Verse 16, it says, Men indeed swear by a greater than themselves, and with them in all disputes the oath taken for confirmation is final, and it ends strife. So if you're battling in your mind, will God do this? Am I sure? I'm running out of time. He, it doesn't look like anything's happening. Well, we can end the strife in our own mind right there by recognizing he took an oath. He took an oath, Jesus. Something that he bore on himself. He's bearing the responsibility of it to produce his promises in your life. The only thing that will keep that from happening is us not receiving or us not believing because it's there for us. It's there for the taking. That's the life he gave us, the life on earth, the abundant life on earth. Accordingly, God also, in his desire to show more convincingly and beyond doubt to those who were inherit the promises, the unchangeableness of his purpose and plan intervened and mediated with an oath. That's the scripture that really got my attention. He did that so we could be convinced. We could be convinced of what he is saying. That's how strong it is. That's how powerful it is. And, and then where it says <clears throat> about his plan and his purpose, well, that's where I fit in. This is based on my understanding so far. That's where I plug in, oh, his plan, his purpose. That's why it didn't happen the way I thought it would. That's why it didn't happen the way I thought I understood it in Scripture. It's all according to his plan and his purpose. He did not do it. He just did it in a way that I you know, do not have that knowledge as yet or that understanding as yet. Because remember, we are all on this, this growth spectrum, so to speak. So we're always growing. We're always learning. Verse 18, this was so that by two unchangeable things, which are his promise and his oath, in which it's impossible for him to lie. Totally impossible. God will not tell you something and forget about it. He's not going to tell you something and change his mind because, you know, you stepped out of line or something. He's unchangeable, and it's ever in his mind. There's a verse, I believe it's in Chronicles, Second Chronicles. It talks about the covenant, and it talks about that we are on his mind. We're imprinted on him. He's ever mindful of us. So much so that whatever you're going to think tomorrow, he already knows about it. He knows our thoughts ahead of time. That's how focused and attentive he is. 
So it's impossible for him to prove false or deceive us. Have you ever felt like that? No, all of you have been Christians for a really long time, but I couldn't remember. Early on, I remember, and I felt like, well, I actually felt like God didn't, didn't really like me, <laughs> you know? I felt like God was dangling a carrot in front of me, and every time I tried to grab it, it would get pulled away. I actually had those thoughts and those feelings. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? In, the, in where I grew up, how I grew up, and I was there. That wasn't pretty, it wasn't ugly. I mean, it was ugly. But you know what, God, when I dove into the deep end of the pool and really began to appropriate and read and understand who he was and what he was, that's an impossible thing. That can't even happen. That's not his character, and that's the key. When we know his character, when somebody knows your character, they know what to expect from you, whether it's good or bad. When we know the character of God, which is all good, all pure, all holy, everything he does comes from that place. And then it says, <clears throat> his promise is oath, which is impossible, that God, to ever prove false or deceive him, that for us, for us who have fled to him for refuge and might. We, that's where we go when we're falling apart. We go to him. He is our strength. He's our joy is our strength. And joy, do you know joy is living right inside you right now? All the fruits of the spirit are in you right now. It's, a, it's for us to release that, for us to allow uh, the Holy Spirit to bring that, to produce that fruit bigger and bigger in our lives. So we flee, we flee to him. He's our father. We run to him, and he gives us mighty and dwelling strength and strong encouragement to grasp and hold fast the hope appointed and set before us. When you're grabbing on to something, you're clasping it, you're holding it for dear life, you are not going to let go. When your little child was, was small and you were walking and you were holding her hand in public in a crowded place, there was no way you were going to let go because that was too precious. She was, or he, was too precious to lose. And that's what God wants us to do, to hold the hope, the hope, the expectation of his promise. He wants us to hold on to it. And rest assured, if he wants you holding on to it, he is going to fulfill it. Now we have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of our soul. Now we're talking about us. We have him as an anchor. Think of the anchor on a big ship. When that anchor gets dropped down, that ship doesn't go anywhere. It might sway a little bit, you know, because of the chain. It might move a little bit, but it's not going to move very far because it's anchored. It's anchored. And when we are anchored, our soul is anchored, our mind, our thoughts our thought processes, our emotions, our reactions, 
our will, our desire, when it is anchored in God, it's steadfast, it's unmovable. And that's where our emotions and our belief level, our expectation level can be, because why we know that God is the one that is your, at your foundation, and he is the one that will completely fulfill everything in your life. It reaches farther and enters into the very certainty of the presence within the veil. We know that when Christ died, that the veil in the tabernacle was rent. And it was rent in the opposite direction, which indicated that no human could have done it. And that the, the meaning of that was that we now have full personal access and that we can have the Holy Spirit and we can cry, Abba, Daddy. We enter in to a relationship that is so private, so personal, so deep, so effective. We enter into that presence, into a place where we can crawl up on his lap, just like a child, because he wants us to have that childlike faith. You know, when you were a child, or when you, maybe when you were first saved, you had unshakable faith, unshakable faith. God said it, you, you believed it, and that was it. There was no other influence, there was no other entity or circumstance that could tear that apart because God said it. And that's how he wants, he wants to, us to believe. It reaches beyond that. It reaches right to his heart. We, we can enter, we live in his presence. And you can have his presence to where you even feel it on a daily basis by your worship and speaking in tongues. And Jesus has entered there. And we know that's the work of the cross. He entered in, in advance, a forerunner, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. He is our high priest. He is the one that shed his blood for atonement. Do you think he went through all that? He and God and Holy Spirit, they designed this whole life, this whole scenario. Do you think that he, they would go through all that trouble and then he has a family, he has his, his humans, and they are saved. But do you think he would, when we come to salvation, do you think he would just leave you there then? No, he is with you every step of the way, giving you hope and tools every step of the way. And even in fighting for you and praying for you as the high priest, he gives us everything. So, we can decide anew every day, because his mercies are new every day. There's no condemnation in him. He corrects us, but it's all in love. We can decide every day to believe, to receive, and to walk it out in our lives and recognize who our God really is, who this God is that we are praying to. We're learning his character. And who he is makes a great impact on our lives if we let him, on our thinking, if we let him, on our faith level, if we let him. So I encourage you. 
to do just that. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. The word is you. I thank you, Father, that you are true. All of what you have said and done for us was so that we would have an easier time to receive and to believe. We have the help of the Holy Spirit that you've given us. And I thank you for all of that. I thank you for all my brothers and sisters here. And Father, I pray that you will re reiterate these words and this passage of scripture to them. Enlighten them in their own personal circumstances. And I thank you for it. I thank you that this word will not fall to the ground, but it will re reap the harvest that you have prepared for it to do so. And Lord, I pray and I thank you that you are with each one of us as we go out, and that the angels are all around us, the blood of Jesus is all around us. And I pray that as we go forward in this new week, that we will go forward with a renewed revelation of who you are. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>